You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to a Reckless Speculation Thursday here. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Your home for Minnesota Sports Entertainment, Therapy, and Speculation. Reckless Speculation. Doogie rocking his, uh, looks like it's ironed and pressed, Channel 5 Eyewitness News red polo today. Neither. It really? Was at the back of the closet, Phil. Good morning to you, gentlemen. No, neither. What's I the oldest? You do you neither. still do you still wear that K fan uh, Vikings Radio Network pullover from like yeah 20 Vikings years ago? Radio Network? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Once I, mean, I fall you, in love with something, yeah, you should you, ask Laura about your this. last your last day at K fan was 15 years ago. So that polo or that pullover, the quarter zip, existed before that, right? That quarter zip was <laughs> obtained 2006, 2007, something like that. Yeah, I still wow. wear it. Yeah. What's the oldest <laughs> thing in your guys' repertoire? Judd, what's the oldest thing you wear? Oldest thing in your closet? Oh, God. Um, I've got a hoodie right now that's a Twins one that I bought probably in 2012. Oh, I that's not too bad. I can't wear it out in public because it's so ripped up and torn <laughs> now, but it is around my house, a staple. But I've, I've got the Dukes thing. I'm I'm like a Kendall. I come with like three outfits, and I'm going to wear every one of those and rotate them. Now I am good with wash, so like nothing is dirty. Yeah, but um, it's clean yeah, old I, stuff. It's cl- it's I tattered old, but it's clean. Love with clothes. Once it's comfortable, who cares? That's what I say. But my wife. So the other day, I'm folding some shirts. I have this University of Texas shirt. Well, guess what? Laura pulls out the photo from our honeymoon. This would have been October of 09. We're in Hawaii. I'm wearing said shirt. The thing has been washed so many times. You can barely read the words T-E-X-A-S across the front. You can't even tell it's a gray shirt. I remember. What are you doing? Why are you still wearing I feel like I remember a photo with like a tanned doogie, just a big smile on his face and a Texas shirt from 15 years ago. I still have it, Phil. Yeah, I do. So, all right. This is Reckless Speculation Thursday here. We we like to dive into uh, inside information about Minnesota sports teams and or theories and speculation that we'd like to bring to the table. And a reminder for people that are new to the show here and new to Reckless Speculation Thursday, this is a safe space to entertain ideas and thoughts. Okay, so I feel like sometimes we'll put clips out on social media and we'll do these episodes and that's never going to happen. The rule here on Thursdays is it doesn't matter if it's not going to happen. It only matters if it's fun to speculate whether it would or wouldn't happen. So mm-hmm. some ground rules mm-hmm. for you guys. And could it be discussed? Like like internally, like among the conversations that the Vikings could have, that will probably never happen, right? Right. Like that's the thing is I love when when pe- people are like, a team would never talk about that. Do you realize the crap teams talk about? Dude, it's funny because Gerson Rosas came on this show like two years ago, uh, you know, before all the, the stuff hit the fan. And we asked him, okay, you know, we're just, you, you've been on the show enough, Gerson. Like, you hear us just kicking around these harebrained ideas and theories. 
do you guys do the same thing? And if so, how many of them do you actually like bring to other teams? He goes, yes, we do do the same thing. And he goes, I would guess about 50% of our harebrained ideas get talked about behind the scenes with other teams. Like, that's what they do. Yes. Well, don't forget, the creator of the trade machine yeah. <laughs> works That's for right. the Wolves. That's right. They literally do that all the time. Suchin yeah. is still over there. Suchin Gupta in the Wolves front office. By the way, when we get to the Wolves, I'll wonder about his future because he almost exited a year ago to go work for his buddy, Raphael Stone, in Houston. So I'm still curious to see what takes place with Suchin Gupta come this offseason. So we'll get to some Wolves, but just to start with here... We're so used to the pre-draft Vikings press conference during the Rick Spielman era. It always happened like two days. It was like the Tuesday before the draft, like 40, 48 or 72 hours. It's happening today. So we're doing it. This is it, right? It's happening two weeks before the draft with Quasey and Kevin O'Connell. Why would that be? I don't know, Phil. I wonder the same thing even last year. Why would that? Be? Judd, do you remember exactly when last year? Maybe we need to go back and look. I don't recall it being two weeks before the first round. It may have yeah, been a recall. week. I don't recall last year. Maybe I need to go back and look. Here is one potential conspiracy theory. How about that? That Monday is the start of off-season workouts. Will every player on the roster be in Egan on Monday? I'm not convinced that that will be true. Now, on Monday, we will get some FaceTime. I can tell you these players will be there because we've been told we will talk to these guys. K.J. Osborne, Harrison Smith, Lewis Seen, Garrett Bradbury. But what about Zadarius Smith? What about Daniil Hunter? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this a way for Quasey, for Kevin, to not have to address potential news that takes place next week? Because they did this with Donatel. They held, they held a press conference and and it was before the Donatel firing, knowing that they were going to fire Donatel, Absolutely they but knew, they Phil. didn't really oh, yes. want to address the media Correct. after firing. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. But so the and keep in mind too. So if guys don't show up, they can't be fined. They can make extra. If you check off the box of showing up for um, the off season program, you do get bonuses. But the only thing that is is mandatory from now until the first day of training camp is the three-day mini camp so the vikings will say well i mean it, it's the it's their right it, it is their right though. i mean but there's no debating something. that it is voluntary we should stress that monday yeah, is but, not mandatory not every player needs to be there on monday but it's interesting if they're not mm-hmm. and and it, it it very much is a sense of your commitment to said team if you do show up i think especially for the opening so, like, it's definitely worth discussing what the Vikings will stress is, well, Daniil doesn't have to be be here. Um, and so you go back and forth. Uh, Phil, on your point about the Donatel thing. So the one thing that there's no question about that or debate is O'Connell is definitely sensitive to what is reported and written and talked about. Um, the Donatel thing, I wonder if there's a reverse psychology here, because I think the Donatel thing was definitely perceived as being a bit embarrassing because like they just dismissed it. And then, uh, you know, a day or so after they fired him, I wonder if they are trying to get in front of the game here a little bit because they feel like they didn't in that case, because they definitely got mocked. Like it's, it's, you know, why didn't you tell us? So I think Dukes is going down a very interesting, explorable path in saying this. Well, I mean, 
Like, what exactly are they going to say today, 14 days out? The draft board is not even set, right? I mean, the deep dive trade talks haven't taken place yet, right? Whether they move backwards, I think that's more likely, or potentially move up from 23. Like, they're not knee-deep in those trade talks. So, hey, we're never going to turn down FaceTime with the number one franchise in town, the leaders of that franchise. Trust me, we'll embrace that time later today, 1245 this afternoon, although I'll actually be over at Wolves practice at that time. But we'll have representation there. I'll watch the video. I'll, you know, hear some tidbits from that. Bring but your boxing like, head exactly, to Wolves pod. To what exactly Wolves is going to be said today, two weeks out? Just interesting to me that they decided to do this today, not this time next week. Or as you laid out, the Spielman regime it was typically what that Monday or Tuesday of draft week. Spielman was great too because he would always get up there unprompted. He would do a little, you know, introduction. And every single year, it would be about just how many phone calls they've been getting, right? You know, or just, you know, my fo- phone's been ringing, and uh, we could. And then he would talk in circles about how you know there's a good chance we could move back. There's a good chance we could move up. There's a good chance we could stand pat. He'd talk about all the. He would he would talk for thirty minutes. Make it clear that they're open for phone calls and say nothing. I think we're going to get more of the same here. Yes. And I know that you guys talked about quarterbacks yesterday. Uh, Judd, our guy Tyler Fornis at Vikings Wire, where Judd has a Christian Ponder post-traumatic stress syndrome article up this morning on VikingsWire.com. Fornis actually pulled the trigger on Vikings trading up to three in his mock, which I commend. I think that's amazing. Giving up what? Because I heard you with our guy Thor Nystrom the other mm-hmm. day on Purple Daily going through said exercise. You guys somehow moved up from 23 to 3. We gave up all of our future first round picks. With CJ Stroud not going one or two. So in your yeah. scenario, somehow Stroud got to pick three, which I have a hard time believing. Well, uh, you can blame the PFF mock draft simulator right. for its random nature. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's some steam now. Schefter's, now put, Schefter's putting yeah. it out there that the Texans aren't guaranteed to take Stroud or a quarterback. So if Bryce Young goes number one and the Texans feel like, actually, we think we could get like Will Levis with our second first round pick. Let's draft a let's draft an edge rusher or something. Then the Cardinals are. But my here's my my question for you guys. How wide would the gap knowing how Quasi operates? He oper- he doesn't operate in black and white. He operates in percentages. He views everything as a stock. Right. He views. If we draft this player, there's an X percent chance he pans out versus this player. And I'm well, sure they have all this It's all about out. the numbers. I mean, remember, at the Combine, a high-profile agent I know is in the suite in Indianapolis. There's Emily, one of Quasey's associates, literally on her calculator, doing all sorts of different breakdowns. All these caponomics, all this different stuff. And this agent wasn't like taken aback. He's like, whoa, they're just, they're incredibly diligent trying to figure out their crappy cap situation. But like literally, like it's just, it's a math equation. It really is. So, how in that math equation of, you know, the percentage chance that this quarterback is going to pan out versus this quarterback, how wide would that gap have to be between, let's, let's just use CJ Stroud as the, maybe I'm just, I don't know what their draft board looks like, but for them to trade up to draft C.J. Stroud and give up two future first-round picks and more versus maybe trading back, gaining draft capital, moving back to like 28 or 30, and taking Hendon Hooker instead. How wide would the gap have to be in their perceived uh, perceived value of C.J. Stroud versus Hendon Hooker 
to give up all that draft capital versus gaining draft capital to take the other guy. Does that make sense? It does make sense. That's why I think it's more the latter, not the former, giving up all that draft capital. What about all these good draft-eligible quarterbacks a year from now, the USC kid, the North Carolina kid? Is it possible? Now, I told Judd, we did something yesterday, Phil, that my sense is the young quarterback is coming now more so than a year from now, but I'm not dismissing the possibility of maybe a year from now them making a bold move like that. I just I sense that all the work they're doing on these draft-eligible quarterbacks now, it seems like they're doing more work now than many other years. I mean, maybe we have to go back to the Bridgewater year or the Ponder year. I guess maybe the Mond year, they did a good amount of work. But it just it seems like on background, like, trust me, they have the book on Hendon Hooker. Like, they have spoken with multiple people at Virginia Tech, going back to his time there. So that's just one example. They have, you know, the Stanford quarterback in for a visit earlier this week. Formal interviews at the Combine, right, with Will Levis, with the UCLA quarterback. It just seems like they're doing so much work on quarterbacks now that I think a move comes now compared to a year from now. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to go all in, would it make more sense to do that a year from now? Are you really willing to give up multiple first-round picks right now, Phil, to get up that high? Oh, by the way, you know Arizona is going to have multiple options, right? Are they willing to move all the way back from 3 to 23? If Arizona's presented four or five different trade scenarios, why do they choose the Vikings' offer? So I don't think, and we we discussed this, I think, about a week back or so. First of all, I don't think these guys are going to like lock in on this is what we absolutely have to, to do because they do play the percentages. They're going to want to wait until they get to the poker game to actually decide on the fly a little bit. And so my guess is that they have multiple options of, of if we target a quarterback. One thing that we're probably dismissing too is this. I think anybody from Tanner McKee on down, and he might be a third round pick, um, but anybody or a from sixth on, rounder, by the way. I mean, well, you right, see varying opinions the, on him, other quarterbacks, but I mean, McKee may not go until late on Saturday. And here's the important thing if you do that, there is no reason why you couldn't potentially take him, develop him, make a decision, and then draft another quarterback n- next year. I think we get two locked in. Now, if it's a top three guy, top four guy I think that's your guy but my guess is that there are variables here and the one thing we still don't know is this so so I think we have a good idea of how crazy works to a certain degree with percentages and and trading back but you know what we don't know yet we don't know O'Connell's draft day influence and I don't know that his draft day influence was really felt last year but he's got a year now He's got quarterbacks now that he's watched a ton. So the other question is, is there a plan where Quazy basically adjusts or puts his feelings aside a little bit because O'Connell says, I love this guy. That, so like, there's there are so many interesting angles here um, that I think go so far be, beyond how Spielman drafted that it's wait and see. But I really do believe that, you know what, if they took a guy like McKee in the fifth round, and he developed and he's okay, but then they find themselves in a position to get a first-round quarterback in 24, I don't think you can dismiss that. With Spielman, you pretty much could. Yeah, I agree with that. And on the myriad scenarios, I agree on that too. Like, I firmly believe, I don't know this to be 100% true, 
But as much as they loved the Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson this time last year, that if Garrett falls, if he gets to pick 12 last year, instead Mm -hmm. of all the moving back, do they just pull the trigger right then and there on that wide receiver because they liked him that much, right? But that scenario didn't unfold. But that's what we're talking about. Like, and now we're talking about pick 23. You know, how many different guys as they're going through their mocks? This guy falls. This guy doesn't fall. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I wouldn't dismiss that, though. Yeah, I mean, if you take a swing on a fifth-round guy this year, absolutely, you could take a swing next year very high up. Uh, I saw a disturbing video on TikTok yesterday of Will Levis <laughs> eating a whole banana. Like, the peel, and you just eating the banana with the peel. What? So would, you wouldn't draft him? Would that would that you know, make him a red flag guy on your draft board that Will Levis Bananas are good for you, though. Full bana- I, the peel? The peel? Isn't there yeah, some, like... Weird drink concoction that he also enjoys. I'm Googling this right now. Let's see if I can multitask. Uh, who was, I think it was Trevor Hildenberger of the Twins. You should just eat bell peppers, just like whole, like eat it like an apple. You would just take one and just <laughs> Yeah, bite so what into does it. that headline say right there, Phil? Do you have your glasses? Uh, I don't need them yet here, but I'm staring into a light. Uh, Will Levis drinks his coffee with mayonnaise? That's okay. Oh, yeah, that's not true. About, what? That's, that can't that, be true. Yeah, that was that, not true. That, 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 Are we that, sure? that got dismissed. Okay, dude. It was a bit. Because right, I, the, I, the, I, the the so so I did a Google Will Levis mayo. Yep. That's, that's the, the first question you up. ask him at the combine, right? You get 15 minutes with Will Levis. All right, we'll talk about X's and O's. Do you put mayo in your coffee, guy? All right. People also ask via the Google search, does Will Levis actually put mayo in his coffee? He says he was merely joking. All right, so there we go. (laughs) Wow. There's the next question, though, Phil. How does Will Levis eat a banana? You know, know, Maya Mackie loves her Nutrisource without mayonnaise. It doesn't need mayonnaise because it tastes so good to our dogs. Nutrisource is the official pet food of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Uh, Maya Mackie was a little early on the wake-up call this morning, but who can blame her with that Nutrisource chicken and rice food calling her name, Judd? Stella pulled the covers off of me today. She pulled, She. I was literally hey trying guy, to get hey a guy. few more hey winks in before the alarm went off, and she, she pawed the covers off, and it wasn't because <laughs> she loves me. It wasn't even because she wanted to go outside. It's because she wanted her Nutrisource, much like your guy Vinny. Yeah, we had we had a little patio hopping yesterday, and unfortunately, Vinny was looking for Nutrisource treats. He was uh, he was sitting there, patient, obviously looking like a good boy, waiting for some Nutrisource treats. So, if the North Loop restaurant scene can pick up some Nutrisource, my dog will very much appreciate. <laughs> Instead, it. he had to settle for uh, you know some crab cakes yeah, or something. Okay. Yeah, there he is. Don's right there, Declan. Yeah, for those who watch us on YouTube, wasn't he looking for some shrimp? Did you tweet that? that? There was some peel and eat shrimp <laughs> that might have been in play. You didn't hook him up. Uh, he he was he was a very good patio hopping boy. He was just waiting for it. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. Uh, just to wrap up Vikings here. So did uh, did we put up much of a fight for Chris Boyd? Chris Boyd, excellent special teams player. I think became a little bit of a punchline on defense a couple of years ago, but excellent special teams player. So that is a loss to not be re-signing him, dude. Absolutely. Although in their minds, not really, because they made <laughs> zero attempt. To re-sign Chris Boyd, he took the visit to the New York Giants a couple weeks ago, ultimately signs a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. But I'm with you. Really good special teams player. They will miss him on special teams. But bottom line, they did not make any sort of attempt to re-sign Chris Boyd on Duke Shelley. We never got into Duke Shelley a couple weeks ago. I had some tweets on it, but we never verbalized any of this. They said, hey, we'll bring you back, Duke, on a minimum deal. Well, Mm. he got a little bit more than the minimum. He ended up firing his agent, hired a new agent. In the middle of the free agency process, so that didn't help matters. 
But he ultimately signs with the Las Vegas Raiders, ended up getting something like $1.3 million guaranteed, which is a tick above a guy with that much service time, a tick above the minimum. But the Vikings were not willing to do anything above the minimum with Duke Shelley. With Boyd gone, is Kirk O'Chain's dead? Because he, <laughs> he, he was, he was yeah. the guy. Yeah, he, he was. started it. Yeah, he did start that. Yeah, that's a very is good Kirk question. It's, I think it's even it's more of a sign that they're trading Kirk Cousins to the Niners, right? They're not, oh, re, they're not bringing oh, back yeah. Thielen, his best friend. They're not bringing back Eric Kendricks, the leader of the defense, and Chris Boyd, the originator of Kirk O'Chain's. <laughs> mm. I miss it. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Um, tomorrow night at Target Center, the Timberwolves have a game that I think could be an interesting fork in the road, Doogie. I guess I know you guys talked a little Timberwolves yesterday on the uh, the bonus scoop session, but it just feels like if this is maybe I'm just being a homer here, but if they win tomorrow night, I actually feel like I'm not going to predict right now that they're going to beat the Nuggets and and you know upset the number one seed, but I think they could give Denver problems if they're playing at a high level in a seven game series. Um, so I'm interested to see if they win what happens. If they lose and they miss the playoff bracket, and I know they can they can blame 50 games of Cats' absence and everything, but the way the season would have ended with guys punching each other and walls and you still don't know if this group can play together and 19 blown double-digit leads and Chris Finch, you know, I just wonder what the fallout is if they don't win against Oklahoma City tomorrow night. 11 blown double-digit leads in the fourth quarter this year. Second Dude. worst in the NBA, I'm with you. Like, they could give Denver a series. I'd feel much better if Jaden McDaniels was available, if Nas Reed was available, but I don't think it's a four-game sweep for the Nuggets or even a series that ends in five. I think it could extend to six games. I would pick Denver, then I would pick Denver to lose in the second round to Phoenix. I don't love this Nuggets team, with all due respect to my guy, Ryan Saunders, there in Denver, also one of my guys, Calvin Booth, who's now running the Nuggets front office. But yes... To me, after last night, after OKC wins in New Orleans, this is the worst of the two possible scenarios. Like, to me, you wanted New Orleans tomorrow night, not OKC, not a real favorable matchup. These teams haven't played since mid-December. Since that matchup in mid-December, the two teams have the same identical record. Mm. This OKC team is pretty good. I still think the Wolves find a way tomorrow night, Phil. But then after that, I think it's an inevitable first round loss so then the question is inevitably okay chris finch is he still here what about some other changes until i hear otherwise as long as glenn taylor is the majority owner and he will be until either december of this year or march of next year i just don't see glenn cutting that check to send chris finch on his way a year ago chris finch signed a four-year extension they would be eating a lot of money on the chris finch contract so I just have a hard time believing that, but I wonder about Sachin Gupta's future. You know, Jalen Noel, I mean, no way is he back. Nas Reed, unrestricted free agent. So how does his future you gotta get him play back. out? So, you know, changes will come. I just don't know if it'll be like massive changes now. I told Judd yesterday, Phil, I think one year from now has a chance to be way more fascinating on the Wolves front. I just wonder about Oops. Tim Connolly's future. Wow. 
you know, there's some people in league circles, right? This is a safe space, as you laid out at the oh. beginning of this conversation. This is a safe space, some reckless speculation, but I do think there's an Eastern Conference job that if it opens, it's not open right now, but if it opens, would be very appealing to Tim, to his family. There's some scuttlebutt about some ability for him to be able to get out from his five-year contract. Would the Wolves at that point say, okay, if you don't want to be here, see you by another fascinating angle with OKC here tomorrow night in an alternate universe, Sam Presti, who runs the thunder would be running the wolves. Like he was a guy that Mark Laurie absolutely had all sorts of interest in, but mm. it would have taken draft capital. It would have taken a lot. I'm not even sure Sam Presti, you know, after acquiring all those first round picks, laying the groundwork, maybe it's a year or two sped up. Imagine how good OKC is going to be when Chet Holmgren, Dude. Is healthy, but I think Sam Presti wants to see this thing through for the next few years. So I don't think it ever came remotely close to Sam Presti saying, Oh, okay, Mark. Okay, Alex, let me listen to your pitch. Yeah, I'm really, really interested in that Wolves job. But I'm just saying he was very much on Lori and A Rod's radar. So, Dukes, give me, um, recklessly speculating, give me one major roster move that you think could take place before training camp opens if the Wolves go out tomorrow <sighs> ants going and remember nowhere. no one's gonna judge going you. nowhere yeah <sighs> mm. i mean i think what you're alluding to is could they trade cat this summer right or go bear well that's what that's one thing yeah well, but, i mean yeah. on go bear i mean you know chicago toronto Heck, you don't think Dallas right now Dallas, would enjoy dude. having Dallas, Dallas is the idiot Rudy in the Gobert. fantasy league. You yeah. got to call Dallas. Yeah. Well, so I mean, you could move. Like, if you're asking me if you could move or not move Rudy Gobert, you could move him. But what are you getting in return? What sort of loss are you I taking? Feel, I but could feel they like move to, if they wanted to, to move that. Rudy this summer? They can move Rudy yeah. this summer. I just don't sense that the cat trade happens now. Now, I'm not sure in a couple of years we'll be having a conversation about Cat being here, but right now, not convinced that it happens. If they lose tomorrow night, I mean, here's this is again, this is why I think it's a fork in the road. If they win tomorrow night and they go six games with the Nuggets, you can definitely make a case internally. All right, wow, that was a tumultuous, crazy, weird, uh, somewhat disappointing season, but we fought at the end. Let, let's let's try this thing again, and then if it's not working, we can evaluate at the trade deadline. I'm right? with you because they will also say. Outside of a tiny stretch at the beginning of the season, when did they have everybody? Torian Prince misses, what, 20-something games. Jordan McLaughlin misses 20-something games. Jalen Noel ends up missing 18 to 20 games. Cat misses all that time. Even Gobert missed a handful of games, right? I mean, outside of Ant and McDaniels, right, of your core, your main core, Right. They'll say, well, and I guess Kyle Anderson as well, but they'll say, yeah, I mean, we just we never had a sustained stretch of all these guys being healthy. So I'm with you, Phil. You could justify if you win tomorrow night then take Denver to six or even seven games, maybe even five. You could justify it by saying, we'll just run this thing back. But we're not that far away. Heck, we win a few more games. We lost 10 games to the bottom feeders of the league. Heck, if we go five and five in those 10 games, we don't even deal with the play in. Heck, we would have been as high as a four seed. That was our preseason goal. Mm-hmm. Top four in the Western Conference. Home court advantage in the first round. We're really not that far away. So they could justify that with a win tomorrow night. But if you lose, and I will say this, you have a so you have a depleted Timberwolves team, and Oklahoma City has the best player 
in the building in mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the building in that game. I hope somebody wouldn't debate us on well, Ant or no. Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah. is the best player in the building tomorrow. And and they've, you know, and they can put up clunkers. Like this is not an, this is not this is not a fully formed Oklahoma City team by any means. Um but, you know, they went into Los Angeles, they beat the Clippers a couple weeks back. They've they've I mean they've gone on the road and given, you know, some of the better teams in the Western Conference a fight. They beat the Warriors three weeks ago. I mean, how about even last night, just making all those clutch free throws? Yeah. I mean, second youngest roster in NBA history, but the moment last night a win, move on, lose, go home scenario. So they knew if they lost last night, season over. It didn't seem like the moment was too big for those guys. Can you really run this back? Let's say you I'm just gonna, you know, again, safe space here. Let's say the vibes are weird tomorrow night and Oklahoma City runs you by 15 points in your own building, Ooh, which, you know, is a possibility. Can you really run this? Yeah, back? on the possibility scale, though, where would you rank that? But could you run it if you get if you get beat in that game? You could get beat, but by 15. But can you run it back? Can you run it all back after that? Finishing the season with back-to-back losses in the plane and guys punching each other in walls. Well, I think that's where, yeah, some deeper conversations Take place. That's where I would say, you know, let's revisit this conversation. If okay, they do what, end up losing, what tomorrow, if it's a blown double digit fourth quarter lead? Let's put it that way. Like you, <laughs> another you blow, one. You blow another twelve point lead in the fourth quarter, and guys are pissed. And Chris, Finch, now you're looking at Chris Finch, which I already am, and saying, dude, why, why is this happening time after time after time? Why is your team so undisciplined? Why are they committing so many dumb fouls? Like. A lot of this it comes was a back theme to leadership. All year. Right? They were an emotional roller coaster all year, right? Leading the league That's in technicals. Man. That's leadership. Ejections, flagrant fouls. Heck, if you go back to, you know, the playing game on Tuesday, those Memphis playoff losses last year, it's now four consecutive post regular season losses where they had a double digit lead in the second half. Dude. Can I it's give a you, theme, just right? For, just for fun here, people are gonna kill I mean, people have been killing Judd and I for forty eight hours because we you know, shocking. The Supermax player that's been here for eight years, we put more on him than we do on Kyle Anderson when it comes to the Wolves yeah, culture. Although my rebuttal to that is they're not even in that position in the fourth quarter on okay. Tuesday without Cat's brilliance Doogie, the first three he's quarters. He's paid to put them in that position. That is his job. You don't you don't just get to clock out then, but here's the numbers I want to bring to you. Sure. In those four games you mentioned, the last four post regular season games, double digit blown fourth quarter leads. Cat has played 44 minutes in those fourth quarters and overtime. 44 minutes. Six personal fouls. Four of 14. Four made shots. Four made shots in 44 minutes. Only eight rebounds in 44 minutes. In the, in the, the games that you need to hold double-digit leads, that's it. To win, put your foot on someone's throat. Well, but they're running double teams at him. No, no. That's well, great. Awesome. Then make a play. That's where I'll say on Tuesday night, you know, Hachimura is on him one-on-one, or Austin Reeves yeah. is on him one-on-one, and he's settling for a 22-foot jump shot. So, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, we can hold Cat accountable. I'm just saying I thought he was brilliant the first three quarters. He was. He was. That the reason they had a chance on Tuesday was in large part because of Cat. But yeah, I mean, he has to be better. I mean, there's no denying that. Mm-hmm. He just laid out all the evidence. Yeah. And specifically on Tuesday, he was horrendous. Fourth quarter and overtime. No denying that. Yep. Back to a roster move, though. So here's the one thing. If Chris Finch comes back, which I, I'm with you, Dukes. I don't think that they're going to pay him not to, to work. I mean, that's 
at some point in time, it just gets to be ridiculous how much that that has transpired with this franchise. Yeah. But trust me, Glenn if, wasn't uh, a big fan of paying Tibbs the time he yeah, had to exactly. pay Tibbs. Okay, so if uh, if Chris Finch comes back, can you afford not to bring Nas back? And then my question is, what's what are the salary implications here? Because for the same reason that I don't think Glenn is going to be a fan of paying Chris Finch to be on his couch, if you're going to go towards the luxury tax i'm gonna guess glenn is going to balk at that too so my question is would you <laughs> would you not bring nas reed back and if you do who has to go because nas reed to what you said earlier darren is a great fit here he's a perfect fit and to phil's point it does seem like when he's on the floor there is a presence and leadership that he brings that a lot of guys on this team don't seem to bring well i mean to me, no-brainer. Yes, I bring back Nas Reed. I want Nas Reed know, on the walls next year. They have tried. Let me make this very clear. They have tried for the better part of nine months, even going back further, to extend Nas Reed. So yeah. clearly the two sides can't come to a happy medium. That's because the Nas side says, hey, you know, like 10 teams will have pretty darn good cap space. We can get right. more than $10 million a year, more than the mid-level worst case yeah okay we'll sign a four-year contract for the mid-level but there's more money to be made out there let's go see if we can chase that money why not get to july one why would we sign an extension now but who has to go i mean you're really looking at luxury tax ramifications a few years out right after ant signs his max what does the Jada mcdaniels extension look like clearly when when you don't include him in the in the Gobert trade, Utah really wanted Jaden McDaniels. You want Jaden here for his next contract. What does that look like? Well, Mikael Bridges with the Brooklyn Nets now, formerly with the Phoenix Suns, he's at 480. I think that's a decent comp. I'm not saying that Jaden McDaniels right now is as good as Mikael Bridges, but I think if you're the McDaniels camp, you're looking at that and saying, okay, you know, a couple of years ago, if Mikael gets 480, you know, we can get a little bit more than that, or at least in that ballpark. So you're looking at Jada McDaniels as potentially a 20 to $22 million a year player, maybe even a little bit more. Okay, Ant, you've got Gobert still in the books. You've got Cat at the Supermax. So we're looking a few years out. I just wonder about Torian Prince, non-guaranteed contract for next year. But then you think about how good he was on Tuesday. Don't you want Torian Prince here next year? Final year of his contract? Very, very team-friendly. It still is baffling to me that Torian bypassed free agency a year ago to take a two-year, $16 million deal with the Wolves, non-guaranteed, that second year. Like, I don't know why Torian bypassed free agency a year ago. Just baffling. Very baffling to me. But don't you want Torian Prince here next year? But when you start looking at the books, I just wonder if something then gives on Torian Prince if you re-sign Nas Reed for let's say four years, $48 million. Yeah, Well, it, 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 you got so many wing players, you may need to say goodbye to an expensive you know, veteran wing player and give Josh Minot some run just to, just well, to stay in the luxury Well, time. and, you know, I mean, Wendell Moore Jr. still has some sort of future. I think he can be a rotational guy, their first-round pick from a year ago. And I talk about Nas at 448. The real issues would be years three and four of that deal, right? So how do you structure the money? Maybe it's not you know, up, 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 up. Maybe you give him the big money next year and it goes mm. down a little bit. But I'm just saying like years three and four of that contract, that's where it would get very, very interesting. You also think about, you know, three years down the road. Okay, we think Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez will be the majority owners. Yes, they've brought in investors, 
But like, what evidence is there to suggest that those guys have the money to pay a luxury tax? Glenn did it a couple years ago after the D'Angelo Russell trade. Wasn't real happy about it, but I'm just saying. Like, do we know that Mark and Alex have the money to dip into the luxury tax in a few years? I would hesitate on that one. Yeah. By the way, uh, Nas and Gobert was one of the worst two-man pairings of any Wolves lineup combination, so you'd have to figure that out too. But, uh, Dukes, what's uh, rapid-fire scoops here? What else you got in your bag before we say goodbye? Well, on the Wolves theme, they have scouting representation right now in Portsmouth in Virginia for a pre-draft camp. A couple local guys, Gabe Kausher, DeLaSalle High School, and Race Thompson, Daryl's son, from Robbinsdale Armstrong High School. Those are two local guys taking part in the Portsmouth pre-draft camp. Latrell Wrightsell Jr., a transfer guard from Cal State Fullerton, first team all Big West. A year ago, I'm told he will visit the University of Minnesota this weekend. Right now, he's scheduled to visit his home state, Nebraska Cornhuskers, tomorrow. Though Nebraska yesterday picked up a couple kids, including a 6'6", 6'7", guard slash small forward in the portal. So I reached out to somebody I know at Nebraska. I haven't heard back yet, but I wonder with them getting in particular that 6-7-2-3 man if Latrell is still in their mix, but he's from Omaha, Nebraska. So Nebraska may be the front runner if they do indeed want him, but pretty good player. I mean, to me, if he ends up here, he automatically slots in as their starting two guard. Mm, there he is. Reckless Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Great All right, stuff, boys. Man. Always appreciate it. See All ya. right. Uh, that's your uh, scoop session here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. We'll, uh, we'll hit you with a little more Timberwolves talk as well. And Purple Daily. With, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw kind of a – on Purple Daily, I feel like we haven't explored a certain angle enough, and we're going to do that today. So plenty coming at you on Score North today.